Oh man, what a good morning to be with you. Uh, yesterday when I was looking at the weather, I wasn't sure what we were in for, but I think we got treated today. I really believe so. Um, again, just welcome to Biker Blessing 2019. And um, if we're honest, even if we, we think of the name Biker Blessing, we like that word, don't we? The word blessing. I like the word blessing. It's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed if you like the word blessing. Um, it's become quite a popular word. It, you know, before it was very much just a church word. Isn't that the truth? And people who stood on stuff like this would, would say, you know, speak about the blessings of God and, and would talk about being blessed. And, and then somewhere along the line, people who actually know very little about Jesus or, 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 or anything along those lines just latched onto the word, just thought, man, blessed. I just, I like what it says. I like it. I'll use it. It's for me. Blessed. Blessing. And I mean, it's become quite a thing, you know. It's, uh, before you'd, you'd, like I say, just hear it from pulpits, but now you, you speak to complete strangers. You shake their hands and you're like, hey man, how you doing? And, you know, you get that whole, dude, I am blessed, dude. And I just, I look at the stuff happening in my life. I am blessed, dude. My wife, my car, my motorcycles, plural. I am blessed. And it's like this, this thing that's developed, isn't it? Like social media, someone gets a new motorcycle, they pop it up there, hashtag blessed. There we go. Fantastic. Isn't it the truth? Or like something happens and, and like a whole lot of, you know, that whole thing of people who believe that th things happen in threes. So the three happens and they like post all three and they're like hashtag blessed life now. You know, fantastic. Blessed. And I, I think to give us clarity for this morning, I think we should maybe go and have a look at what does the word blessed mean? <laughs> and... And there's, there's more than one meaning for the word blessed. But the, the part of the word blessed that we love, that we hang on to, that we bless life now and all that stuff, is, is this. The meaning of the word blessed is favored, fortunate, privileged, enviable. All of us sitting here are like, I need to get me some of that. Isn't that the truth? That's for me, dude. When I talk about blessed, that's what I'm talking about. And it's true, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. I don't believe that there's anything wrong with wanting to be favored. Isn't that the truth? I want to be favored. I'm honest. I know that you're really quiet now because for a couple of you, you're like, dude, I'm in church. Am I allowed to speak? Am I allowed to do something? Please, feel free. You're at home. But I am, I, I, you know, I want to be favored. I, I want to be fortunate. I want to be privileged. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with any of that. Um, th this word enviable, you know, it kind of speaks into, you, you, you look at someone else's life and you're like, man, I want that guy's life. I want that person's life. A couple of years ago, my wife and I had the privilege to 
um, spend a year in the U.S. volunteering. And when we arrived, they gave us a motorcycle as our transport. Praise Jesus. And uh, we, we had the awesome privilege of, of traveling around the U.S. We probably did about 80,000 Ks right across America doing all sorts of incredible things. And it really was phenomenal. And, and with all our family at home, we were posting on social media quite a bit, saying, hey, we're here now, we're doing this now. What I didn't realize, see, I'm one of those technology-challenged people um, where this whole thing of the internet, I forget that it's the world wide web. Like the world sees what's happening. Like it's not just, I'm thinking of my mom when I'm posting something, but everyone else sees it. You know what I'm talking about? Not you, just me. Okay. So, so I'm posting away and the next thing I get a message in my inbox from a guy that I was at school with. And he's apparently been watching us for like three months, just travel through the US. And he's like, dude, what do you do? Like, what's your job? Like, what do you do? I want your life. So I got carried away, and um, I messaged back. And I'm like, because the guy he knew who went to school with him is very different to the guy who exists today. Thank God for that. And um, so I, I messaged him, and as I'm messaging him, I'm thinking of all these things, and I'm just like, hey, man, good to hear from you. So... A couple years ago, um, I gave my life to Christ, I surrendered everything to Him, uh, and I just allowed Him to take me wherever He wants to take me and allow Him to tell me what He wants me to do. And that's what I'm doing. And right now, that means being in America, riding a motorcycle. Um, I strongly encourage you, dude, do the same. Give your life to Jesus. He's going to turn it upside down. It's incredible. And I'm like just texting Him, blah, 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 and I send it. And due to a series of unfortunate events, he just never replied. Right. He just never got back to me, and I kind of understand why. You know when you read a message and you're like, too much? Maybe. But it happened. But you look at someone's life and you just go, man, I just, I so badly want that person's life. They are fortunate, they're favored, they're privileged, man, they are enviable. And we latch onto these meanings and, and we, we kind of superimpose them onto our own lives when we talk about being blessed. That's really what we are asking for. So Jesus comes along and, and he preaches quite a few messages. But probably his, his most famous sermon that he ever preached is called the Sermon on the Mount. And he pretty much just climbed on a hill so that he could speak to people. And it was called the Sermon on the Mount. And from there, the, the, the first part of his sermon um, is referred to as the Beatitudes. The B standing for blessed. The blessed attitudes. The, the, the attitudes in life that, that bring blessing. And as I was prepping for this morning, I, I thought to myself, there's no better place to go. To, to figure out about blessing, to speak into blessing, then to go right back to the source of where blessing comes from and figure out, hey, what does he have to say about being blessed? So that's what we did. Um, this week I found out something, though. I grew up in a church where, 
where um, this portion of, of Scripture was called the Beatitudes. I found out that there are other churches who have a whole different name for it. And you're going to love this name. You're going to be like, I want that name. It's also known as the supreme blessedness. The supreme blessedness. I mean, we're talking about blessing and you're thinking to yourself, man, that's what I want. Never mind that favored stuff like supreme blessedness. That just sounds like a whole different level of being blessed, doesn't it? Like you want to change your name. You want to be like young supreme blessedness. Fenter. Hi, my name's John. I am Jan. Supreme blessedness, Fenter. It's got a ring to it, doesn't it? I think so. In fact, you don't actually want to have to say it. Like, it just has to ooze out of you. The guy's like, I'm John, and you're like, I am Jan. And as you say Jan, like, clouds open, beam of light comes down on you. Angels are flapping around you. Choirs are singing. Ah! And there's... As all of this has happened, this guy's looking at you and he's like, dude, supreme blessedness. And you ended off with Fenter. <laughs> like that's the life we want to live. Isn't that the truth? Sorry, I had too much time on my hands. Um, but as Jesus speaks into what it means to be blessed... He starts his message, he starts his entire sermon with just, with just speaking into what it means to be blessed. And, and here's what he, what he had to say. Uh, it's found in Matthew 5 from verse 3. He says this, he says, You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and His rule. He carries on. He says, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you, embrace, or can you be embraced by the one, being Jesus, most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that, you, that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. And in verse 8 he says this, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. And as I was reading that, maybe your response to that is, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Wait, what? Like, isn't that the opposite of being blessed? Like, isn't, we just kind of gave characteristics of being blessed. Isn't it the opposite of being blessed? This doesn't line up with my framework of, of being blessed. 
you know, this doesn't line up with, with being favored and fortunate and, and privileged. You know, in my mind, like being blessed is, is kind of having the most rope. You know, not being at the end of my rope. Like, isn't that what guys do when they stand around a bright fire? They're just like, dude, I got the best of this and I got the best of that. And, you know, it's true. And, and it, if we're honest, it's kind of like where we live and, and what we want, you know. I want the most money. I want the fastest bike. I want more money. I want the nicest car. I want more money. I want the biggest house. I want more money. Guys, I want the hottest wife. And I can't even put a scale to that because we're just so broad. But ladies, you're like, I want the hottest husband. You guys are slightly easier to define. It's like I want something between Brad Pitt and Zac Efron. But I want him with the DIY skills of, of uh, Bear Grylls, you know. And he needs to have the emotional capacity of one of those guys from The Bachelor. You get what I'm talking about? By the way, he doesn't exist. That's for free. But we do. That's, that's what we want. That's, you know, we want the most rope. We want, we want the best of everything. And, and that's blessed. And here Jesus comes in and he flips this thing on its head. And he says to, him, to us, for you to be blessed, for you to be found in a place where you are blessed, it's when you come to the end of yourself. Because that's the start of me. He says, with less of you, there is more of God and His rule. For our visitors, I'm a crier. I'm just throwing that out there. I apologize in advance, but I am. Um, grew up in a biking family, but that gene just never took where cowboys don't cry. I somehow just still cry. Um, Thinking about what we've just said, I, I, I couldn't escape a, a story that, that unfolded in my own life. A couple of years ago, I, had a, I met a guy through a series of events and, and uh, we, we kind of became acquaintances more than friends. And I uh, knew him for a couple of years. Then I went off, as I said earlier, to the, to the U.S. for a year. Um, we used to go to the same gym together. Got back, our financial situation changed, couldn't go to the same gym. Um, and I just lost touch with the guy. And one afternoon, I'm, I'm at home, and, and I just sense like God's telling me that I must phone this guy, and his name was Armand. And I feel like God's saying to me, Ramon, phone Armand. And I'm like, you know, just cold call someone. You know, like, what's this all about? And I feel like God tells me something very specific. Like, like I keep thinking of our month and I keep thinking of a sentence and it just won't go away. And it, it like, it bugs me for days. And like, by the end of the second night, I'm saying to my wife, I'm, I can't escape this feeling. She's just like, hey man, just trust God in it. By the end of the, of the third day of just wrestling with this thing, I just, I cave and I phone him and I, I phone our month and I say to him, Armand, I'm so sorry, man. I don't normally do this. In fact, I've never done this. This is a first for me. But I really feel like, like God's wanted me to phone you and call you. Um, by then, most of us would hang up. I would have. Um, but I'm like, I really feel like God's asked me to phone you and, and to give you a message. And he's like, okay. And I say, 
I feel like God wants you to know that he loves you. And I feel like he's saying to you, Armand, more than your body, I want to heal your heart. More than your body, I want to heal your heart. Now you can see my reluctance in making that phone call. Because I hadn't seen the guy in about a year and a half. I had no clue what was going on in his life. I even went onto his Facebook page to try and get an idea. And he'd gone quiet for, for a long time. And as I say this to him, he just is quiet on the other side of the phone. He just stopped talking. And I thought the call had dropped. And I'm like, hello, Armand, are you there? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm just processing what you've told me. And I said, okay, um, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm just cold calling you and I'm, you know, kind of like almost backpedaling, if I can put it that way. And I said, does this make any sense to you? So he says, oh no, it makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. And our month starts to tell me his story that he'd just been diagnosed with cancer. And he's in his early 20s. Strong, fit young man. And we get chatting and, and it leads to us meeting for coffee. And that one coffee led to several coffees and several visits. And, and Armand's co um, condition was, was pretty severe. His entire face was deformed from the growth that was, that was taking over his body. And they, it was inoperable. And it was a, quite, a, quite a hardcore situation. At one stage, it was, it was a growth like a squash ball at first. The squash ball created another squash ball. It, it dropped down his spine, went and sat in his lower spine and paralyzed him at one stage. And, 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 and this guy went through some of the most hardcore stuff I'd ever been exposed to. And as I as I engaged with Armand, his, his challenges that, he's, that he faced wasn't the thing that grabbed me. What grabbed me is that he got a message from God and he took it to heart. More than your body, I want to heal your heart. And Armand found relationship with Jesus. That's what he did. He, he, he recognized when I first met him, I met with a very scared young man. Early 20s. His prospects look bleak. Uh, chemo, radiation, all those things. And as I, as I dealt with him, I watched him develop from a, from a scared young man. Yeah. There's that gene kicking in again. Um, from a scared young man to someone that I wanted to be. Sounds crazy, but he was enviable. Even in his state of, of absolute, um, his body just shutting down, when I closed my eyes and I listened to him speak, all I heard was Jesus. And I was like, I want that. I want that with all my heart. That's what I want. In, in a time of his life where, where he should have been angry with God for most of our opinions. He ran to God. He embraced God. And he went, Lord, I, my life's a mess without you. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this without you. But what Armand ultimately did was he, he, he went and, and found out what it means to fall in love with Jesus. That's what he did. He was staring down the barrel of the big C and he came into contact with the big G.
And God came and, and, and met with him in such a significant way. And I believe that, that God doesn't meet with certain people in more special ways than others. I believe it's our response to him meeting with us that makes the difference. And God changed this young man's life. And today I can't tell you that God healed his body. Because God didn't heal his body. Two years after our initial phone call, God gave him a brand new body on the other side of eternity because because our month passed away. He passed away, and 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 uh, I can remember getting the the message to say that our month had passed away, and the first words that came to my mind was more than your body i want to heal your heart and in that moment i knew with all conviction in my heart that god had healed that young man's heart god had changed that young man's life and for us we want to go and we want to get stuck and we want to get hung up on the circumstances isn't that the truth we want to get stuck on on the fact that he was young i think he was 24 when he died young man how can that happen how can that happen? You know, cancer at that age. Lord, where are you in all of this? We want to get stuck there. And we want to ask the big why. Why? Why does all of this happen? And I believe that if Armand was standing right here with us today, he'd look us square in the eyes and he'd say, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because God didn't need to heal my body. He healed my heart because that is what was most needed. He healed my heart. He changed my life. And I believe that today Armand understands more about this whole scenario than we could ever imagine. And I look forward to the day when I meet him again. But when, when you listen to his story, if you closed your eyes and just, and just didn't look at his physical appearance... But you just listen to him speak. I can promise you, you would say, man, I want this guy's life. I want this guy's life. It sounds crazy, but you would. You'd say stuff like, man, this guy's blessed. This guy, when I listen to him speak, I just hear his life and I'm just like, man, I want what he's got. I believe that Armand, through this process, he learned two things. He learned two things. The first thing being that God wanted his surrender. God wanted his surrender. He wanted his life. He wanted his heart. He wanted all of him. God didn't want to just be a rhyme at dinner time. God didn't want to, to be some lucky charm that he bought from a traveling salesman. God wanted to be real in Armand's life. He wanted the reality of who God is to be seen through Armand's life. He wanted to be first. If we look at our, at our scripture that we, we looked at right at the, at the top of the message where Jesus is speaking into these attitudes that bring blessing. In verse 8 of Matthew 5 it says, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right then you can see god in the outside world why did our start seeing god even in his circumstances 
Because he allowed God to change his heart, change his thinking. I believe the second thing that, that, that Armand learned during this time was that God had a purpose for his life. God had a purpose for his life. That may sound contrary to the evidence, but God had a purpose for his life. God wanted to use him in ways that he could not even begin to imagine. Folks, I think he passed away in 2013 or 2014, around about there. The date of his death isn't important. What's important is here I am, 2019, standing in front of you, recalling a life that made a remarkable impact on mine. His life is still serving a purpose even after death. What about our lives? Will our lives be that blessing to others? God's purpose for our month was to be a blessing. And I think now's a good time to look at the original intention of the word blessing. What's the original definition of the word blessing? The original definition of the word blessing or blessed is to be holy. Go look it up. Go look it up for yourself. The original definition of the word blessed is to be holy or to be set apart. Question, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Then be holy. You may be sitting there going, Ramon, you're talking about me being perfect. No, I never said that. I never said that you need to be perfect. I believe God said, said to us that, that we need to be holy. He never said anything about us being perfect. Why? Because you and I both have the same disease. It's called humanity. But may our humanity never be our excuse. Someone once said this, God doesn't want us to be faultless. God wants us to be falseless. Can I repeat that? God doesn't want us to be faultless. God wants us to be falseless. You see, folks, I'm not faultless. Standing in front of you right now, I'm not faultless. I don't even know how many mistakes I made this morning. I don't even know how many times I possibly even willfully messed up this morning. I love my son to death. He had a fever through the night. Woke up this morning with him vomiting and coughing and, and, and. Any parent who's ever been through that will know your life kind of gets spun into disarray. I can blame that. Or I can just go, Lord, I want to be holy. I'm not faultless, Lord, but I'm, I, I want to be falseless. I don't want to blame other stuff. I want to take responsibility for my own life. Is that starting to make a bit more sense? You see, I believe that being real in those moments, our, our year theme for this year is courage courage and I believe that being real like that in these moments is exceptionally courageous exceptionally courageous I believe it was Owen McManus the author who said courage isn't the absence of fear courage is the absence of self you want to live a courageous life allow yourself to die you know what I mean my will what I want, what's important to me. And whether you're a Jesus follower or not, I believe this is sound advice. I believe that this is, this is something that you can take home and, and make your own. 
You see, because for me to, to, to be prominent in my life, it means that other people come second. But when I lay down my life, when I, when I, when I sacrifice self, it means first and foremost that I put God first. I put him in his rightful place. And folks, if I put the source of blessing in his rightful place, then the only thing that can flow from there is blessing. Isn't that the truth? So maybe, just maybe, today this is your phone call. Maybe today this is your cold call. <laughs> where you've heard a message that says, more than the circumstances around you, I want to heal your heart. More than what's going on around you, I want to heal your heart. Yeah, but the government, this, I hear you. Let's talk about you. I want to heal your heart. But my work situation, I hear you. I want to heal your heart. But I got these relate, I hear you. I want to heal your heart. And I believe this morning God is speaking very, very clearly to us. It was the writer of Corinthians, Paul, who, who said, if, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and, and look, all things have become new. And you may be in a place where you've, where you've hung on to old stuff for so long. You've held on to the circumstances. You've held on to the hurts. You've held on to all the things that have been going on around you. And you've not been able to let them go. And this morning, God is saying to you, it's time to let them go. It's time for you to, I'm not asking you to be faultless. I'm asking you to be falseless. I'm asking you to come and just be honest with me. Come and have an honest chat with me. Come and live an honest life before me. This morning, it may just be time to let certain things go and say, Lord, I want you, I want you to heal my heart. And this morning, I can make a big song and dance about it. I can get the band up here and we can call people forward and, and, and do a whole deal. And, and from the time that I started preparing this, I, I just felt like, like, that's just not the way to go this morning. Because I believe that far too often we pray a prayer, but we never live a life. We say certain words, but we never see the, the, uh, the fruit of those words coming out in our lives. And this morning, I want to ask you that right there in your own seat, right there where you're sitting, for you to just in that space say, Lord, I hear what Ramon's saying. I, I, I hear what, th this message that you've, that you've sent us. Lord, I, I get the call. I understand. I've, I've heard the call. Lord, I realize that, that, that this morning your deepest desire is for me to come to the end of my rope and to, to hand you the rope, Lord. And Lord, this morning right there in my seat, Lord, right there where I'm sitting, Lord, I give you the rope. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I've, I've done life my way for so long. 
And Lord, if I'm, if I'm honest, there's nothing enviable about my life. I look at my life and I don't see any favor, Lord. I, I look at the stuff going on around me and I don't even see that level of being blessed, Lord. But Lord, this morning I choose to give you my life. I choose you to, to hand you the rope and say, Lord, less of me and more of you, Father. Right there in your seat, you welcome to just bow your heads. I'm not going to ask anyone to stick up their hands, anything like that. But right there in your seats, the worship team's welcome to come back. But right there in your seats, just, just for a moment, just do business with God. Right there, just say to him, Lord, I'm sorry for doing life my way. I'm sorry for doing life my way. And Lord, from today onwards, will you help me, Lord? Will you walk this road with me, Lord? Today I choose to give over my everything. And today I choose to make you my everything. And as you've done business with God in your seat, I, I want to encourage you, don't let it stay in your seat. Don't leave this choice, this moment, this decision. Don't leave it in your seat. But allow God, as you walk out of this building, this, this theme of courage, I don't believe that it's a, that it's a, a, a happenstance, that it's our theme for this year. Can you flick over to the previous one quick? But that as you live this life that you've just really surrendered to God this morning, that you will come to realize that in life you will find obstacles, you will find challenges, you will face certain fears in life. And that courage isn't the absence of these fears, but that ultimately courage is the absence of self. And that to live this life in Christ will take courage. It'll take us laying down ourselves day in and day out, handing that rope. That rope isn't a once-off transaction, folks. Day in and day out. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself daily. Take up his cross and follow me. And I pray for you for that courage to be able to do that. This morning, we are going to do things a bit differently. Instead of, instead of just doing a corporate prayer of blessing for you, we'd like to do something significant this morning. We'd like to ask you if this morning you would like to be prayed over. If you would like a prayer of blessing this morning, we're going to ask you to do something significant because a lot of us ride. We're going to ask you to go to your motorcycle. Go and stand at your motorcycle. And one of our guys will be there shortly to come and just pray a prayer blessing of you. Is that good? For me, I, I just, as we spoke through it this past week, we thought corporate prayer, fantastic. But this is something significant. This is just a one-on-one -on -one 
prayer of blessing. So when we end, if you could go to your motorcycle, you don't have to wait there long. I promise you, we're going to get to you. Uh, We've got quite a few folks here who'd love to just pray for you at your motorcycle. But I do also realize that there are some of us who don't ride. So we are going to do a bit of a corporate prayer blessing as well. But please, uh, we'd love to pray for you individually. So right now, would you stand to your feet as we just pray together? Father God, I thank you that this morning we heard very clearly, Lord. Lord, that the highest form of blessing, Lord, is to be in right standing with you, Lord. Because that's where blessing flows from. Lord, as people have done business with you today, Lord. Lord, it's not between me and them, Lord. It's between you and them. Lord, I thank you that this morning that we can come to you with open lives, Lord. Not faultless, but falseless. Say, Lord, here's my life open for you. Lord, I pray the blessing that I, I really want to pray over people this morning. It's really for wisdom throughout this year, through their business dealings, dealing with their families, Lord, dealing with relationships. In every facet of life, Lord, just for your wisdom, your guidance, Lord. Lord, and that they'd have the courage to come to you, the source of that wisdom. Lord, I thank you for, as people draw near to you, Lord, as folks come to you, the source of hope and the source of life, Lord. Lord, that you'll give them peace throughout this year, Lord. Lord, I thank you that there is nothing that you can't do with a surrendered life, Lord. Lord, I thank you that for those who are saying yes to this this morning, Lord. Lord, that you lead them, that you guide them. Lord, that your favor will be on them. Lord, and that when people look at their lives, they will go, man, I want that person's life. And Father God, that we will be quick to recognize where that favor comes from. That we will be quick to point the credit right back to you, Lord. So Lord, right now, we pray your blessing over these people. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please feel free if you would like to hang around, have some coffee. Either way, just come and hang out with us. But beyond this, if you'd like someone to pray with you, please head out to your bike. Someone's going to be out there praying a prayer of blessing over you. If not, come chat to me. I'd love to pray with you. Beyond that, have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you.